God has always stood by my side. He has always been my guide. When my friends walk away and turn back on me, he stood right by, by my side. Oh, always, always, God has always stood by my side. I was too to carry on he gave me strength made me strong and he stood right by my side through many heartaches and pain Through the storm and through the rain, I was too weak to carry on. Gave me strength, made me strong. He stood right by. Oh, always, always, he has always stood by my side. Whatever I need. Just pray, I know the Lord will make a way. He stood, stood right by, by my side. Oh, yes, he did. He stood right by my and I'm so glad he stood right by my side. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't we all in here glad that he has stood by our side? All of those that are glad that he stood by our side, we should give him a big round of applause. Because without him, without him, 
we would not be here today. First of all, I'd like to give honor and praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I probably won't do quite as well as Pastor Horsley does every Sunday when he preaches, but I do promise you this, that I will give you my very best that the Holy Spirit allows me to do, and that that I give you will come from the heart. Because we know that all persons have different abilities, and we know that the ability when you're speaking about God, sometimes, sometimes I feel like that whatever I do, I cannot do enough in the name of the Lord. Amen. Pastor Horsley, thank you for allowing me to be here today. Church, thank you all for attending. Thank you all for allowing me to be here. Well, my pastor, uh, Reverend Cornel Watson, who is at Zora Missionary Baptist Church, he brings, sends his greeting and love and that I'm here to deliver it for you, uh, to you for him. So today's uh, message is going to be very simple, but it is heartfelt. It is a time the pastor spoke of a few minutes ago where it is trying times. If you don't know God now, please don't wait any longer to discover him. In my few years of living, I have never, ever seen things that the way they are today. We need to cling close to God so that when the wrath comes that we'll be protected and he will remember us in a favorable way. Now he's going to remember us one way or the other. Some for everlasting life, some Hell bound. That's right. That's the word. Two places we can go. It's not five or six or ten or fifteen, twenty. It's two places. Either you're gonna be on his side or we're gonna be on the devil's side. And we see the devil's side every day. I saw a little bit of that last night where all those people got killed. I think it was in Texas. Seemed like it's every week as the pastor just mentioned. But you know, the sad thing is. Rarely do we hear where people are doing extremely good things in the name of the Lord. Thank God for you, you, and every one of you. Let us pray. Those that are able, would you please stand? And those that are not, you may remain seated. But if you're able to stand, please stand as we uh, give a word to the Most High over all the earth. Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time to give you thanks and appreciation for allowing us to come together as your people. We ask that your Holy Spirit will be upon us. Everyone that's here under the sound of my voice, may your spirit be upon them and enter into their heart. The sermon that's going to be given today, some have heard it, some may never heard it. But if you have heard it, it's a reminder, a reminder, a reminder that we have a long ways to go. Regardless to how much we do in the ministry, we cannot do enough for you. We ask that your spirit be upon the fathers, that you will continue to bless them. Because Heavenly Father, 
We know sometimes that the young men, the husband and the dad today, they don't quite do quite a good a job as, as the father of old. I'm not saying every single one of the fathers today are not doing their job, but I'm saying them as a whole, we are not doing the job. Because if they we were, we wouldn't see so much of the bad things that are plaguing us today. Heavenly Father, we can barely come to church where people don't want to come in cause harm to your people. We can barely go to the mall, the grocery stores. And Heavenly Father, we can hardly send our loved ones to school. We ask that your Holy Spirit be upon all the teachers and administrative staff at the schools, the bus drivers, all those who have a part in helping our children get an education yes. that they may go and be productive citizens in our society. We know the devil is busy snatching all those that he can away from you. As the apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, he walks around like a rowing lion, seeking to devour someone. Heavenly Father, we know that you are the protector of life. We know that with you, all things are possible. We know that you can do any and everything that you decide to do. We even know, Father, that you don't even need us lowly human to worship you. Because it says in the scripture that if you desire so, you could call on the stones to stand up and praise your holy name. So, Father, we need to take a humble approach when we're coming before your mighty throne that we can give you the things, the worship, the desires, the pleasing, the love, the respect, the obedience that you deserve. Because regardless of how obedient we are, it's still not enough. We ask that your spirit be upon each and every one here. And we ask for this in your loving son's name, Jesus the Christ. Let all those who love God say amen, 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 amen. and amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I won't be here very long today. And again, I would be remiss if I didn't thank Pastor Horsley again and and I thank my relatives for coming such a long ways to come here as well. Uh, we certainly know that uh, Pastor Smith, seated to my left, has been in the ministry for about 25 or 30 years. Does a good job. He does, might not look that old, but he had an easy life come along. His older brother did all the work over there. So uh, I remember them from the time I was five or six years old. We've always been one, one big happy family. You know, I'm going to talk about something again that you all are very familiar with. Most of us are anyway. It's a man in the Old Testament. His name is Nanum. We're familiar with him. Why, he was way before Jesus came to earth. Nanum was a man that was afflicted with a bad disease. And it was called leprosy. And uh, 
Back in those days, they treated people with leprosy different than they did the ordinary citizen. Leprosy caused great pain to those that had it. Those that had it were referred to as leopard. So I want to take a title or theme today saying that we must not, and I use this term, we, we must not reject God's instructions. In other words, we must do what he tells us to do. By doing so, it will bring blessing to ourselves, our family, and all those we come in contact with. And not only that, it could cost up our lives by not doing so. So that within itself, church, is a reason for us to do what God has instructed us to do. Now, most of you, if not all of you, and I know some of you have this modern technology, this device if, that you can look. Now, you've some, some pastors even use it, which is good, but I still use the Bible, and you have the electronic device. Uh, if you would, turn to 2 Kings, because this is where the bulk of our lesson is going to come from. 2 Kings chapter 5, and we are going to be con considered in verses 1 through 16 or 17. Yes. And I'm going to read. It says, Now, Nahum, captain of the host of the king of Israel, was a great man. Let someone say, a great man. Amen. With his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. But look what the final part says. But he was a leopard. He was a leopard. Now, Nanam was a king, was a captain for the host of the king of Syria. Now, Syria was not God's chosen people back in these days. So, Nanam was a great man uh, with this master, and it was honorable. But because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor. And again, he was a leopard. So, Nanam was a captain, which means that he had a lot of authority, a lot of power right. in the army. Yeah. Why, by the name of Nanam, Nanam itself is a common name in Aram or Syria, meaning gracious fair. Now, we know that there are four things that was important to describe Nanam. Number one, Remember, Nanam had leper, and most leper at the, in biblical time had to stay away from the majority of the people. Right. They had to stay off and had to stay a certain distance. If my memory serves me correctly, uh, in public places a lot of times, they had to stay about 150 feet away from everybody else. And this way that in the people's opinion at that time, they wouldn't be contaminated or would be breathing the same air that a leopard breathed. Number one, Nainam leopard may not have been to that level because of the way that he was used. He was a supreme commander of the army 
Assyria, as indicated by the term captain. So the Bible lets us know then that he was one of the highest ranking members in the Syrian army. He was a great man, a man of high social standing and prominence. The third thing was he was highly respected. A man highly regarded by the king of Syria because of his military victory he had won. And finally, he was a valiant warrior. A term used in the Old Testament according to Ruth 2.1, Judges 6, 12, and 11, that he was a courageous warrior. All right. Meaning that he came out victorious in all his battles. Now, some may wonder, say, well, this sounds like this should have been a king. He should have been a captain in the, uh, in the, in the Israelite army. But he was not. Syria is where he was. Nanum apparently had a good heart. He had a good heart. And by doing so, he was able to be blessed in many ways. We're going to learn how that even though he was not an Israelite, he received some of the blessing by having a good heart. He finally learned and gave and worshiped God who is the God of the Israelite. As we read verse 2, and the Syrian had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel. Now listen at this now. Captive. We know what that means. That means that you have taken someone into custody generally that belongs or of the enemy. And it said this was a little maid, which indicate to me that it was not a very old person. And this maid, she waited on Nanum's wife. Remember this story how it's going, church. Nanum was not an Israelite. The little maid was an Israelite. The Israelite, God's chosen people, was allowed to serve Nanum, who was a captain in the Syrian army. So we have God's people serving in that capacity. All right. Now, severely mitigating against all the ways was the fact that Nadam suffered from leprosy. And leprosy is a very serious skin disease. Sometimes they turn white. Sometimes the broils breaks out all over their body, their feet, their hand, their face, their arm, their chest, their stomach. And these were very painful. And remember, there was no cure for it in those days. Well, we know a man that came and cured it. We all know that was Jesus. Jesus the Christ did that according to the book of Luke. Also, as we get a little further into the scripture, we're going to see how that, that God has a plan. And when he sends out his plan, his instruction, my Bible tells me that it will not, it will not return without results. 
That tells me that the Lord has a way to make things all right. Many times we have been in situations where we wonder where or not we're going to survive it. Many of us have been in situations where there are people on your job, people out in the community, sometimes have pulled weapons and guns and knives on us and threatened to take our lives. But we know that God is a God of protection. Our job is to do what he tells us to do. Our job is not to pick and choose which things he asks us to do that we like. One thing I learned in my 67 years of living is that everything will go good when it's going like we like it. How about when things don't go quite like we want to see it to go? Then we start rebelling. How about when the pastor asked us to do certain things in the church? How about if the pastor asked a usher, an usher or another person in the church to help with certain things? Will we respond the same way to a 15-year-old asking us who is an ambassador to the pastor when he asked them to do something? Will we respond to that 15-year-old like we would Pastor Horsley or Pastor Smith? Will, will, will we do and obey that even though it came from Pastor Horsley, it didn't come directly from him? Will we honor it the same? My word to you is we should accept it when it comes. Don't look at the messenger all the time. And don't look at the messenger and just reject it because it came from Jack Smith. Don't look at the messenger and just reject it because it, I remember him 25 years ago and he did such and such and such and this and the third. Look at the word and see what this person is doing and be obedient to what the master is asking us to do. Right. Now you have to remember now, church, that the apostle Paul, who we all familiar with, didn't start out as the apostle Paul. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Paul, Paul was a, a very wicked man. Yes, he was. My Bible tells me that the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul, before he became Paul, was known as Saul. And Saul had a, in his heart to hunt Christ's followers. Many of them he had put to death. When he went blind on the road, he was on the way then to cause problems for the master's followers. So the apostle Paul saw the light. One of the things we can look at this church is we know that God can change man's heart. He can change it where, regardless to how wicked you were years ago. He can turn your heart around. He is a forgiving God. One of the apostles asked him, how many times should I forgive this person? He said, one time, two times. He said, no, seven times. No, 77 times, seven. Unlimited amount of time do we do that. How many of us here when someone says or does something to us that we feel it's not right. Do we hold it against them? Do we hold it against them for years to come? You know, some of them hold it to them until one or the other dies. This is not the way that God intended for it to be. Because if that was the case, church, none of us would be here. 
We know that Adam and Eve had it made. There was no reason, no excuse for them to do the things that they did. They got the advantage over you and I because they were perfect. Perfect, meaning without flaw, without sin. We all were born into sin. That's what the Bible tells us. We were born into sin. We were born into sin. Adam and Eve was not born into sin or created into sin. They were perfect. They were perfect. So my God had to figure out a way, which was easy to him, that mankind could still receive salvation. Because we were on a total path to destruction. When I said we the ancestors back in those days, obviously we weren't there, but they were on a total path to, to destruction. It is not easy. It is not easy to get on the road to everlasting life and stay on it and stay on it because it's so easy with society to get off this road, get into the mainstream of things and end up doing things that is displeasing to our Heavenly Father. So I'm here to tell you today that God loves each and every one of us. He wants us all to be saved and enjoy the benefits and blessing of him. Now, I'm going to read on a little bit further when it says, And she said unto her mystery, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of leprosy. Think about this now. Who's saying this? The little maid. Yes, the little maid is saying this. Remember now, she's in servitude. She basically a prisoner of war. That's what she is. She just have a different position there. But she cannot get up and go to her home country of Israel. She can't leave. So she is held captive. And here she is telling them that they, this little servant girl, saying that this mighty captain of the Syrian army, who has won many, many, many battles, telling him, if you listen, and go do what I'm asking you to do, uh, you may be healed of leprosy. By the way, the name Nanum also means pleasantness. Nanum had possibly been in the army for many, many years. And if you look at verse 2 through 4, this is what I love about the Almighty God. It says, God uses the weak to humble the mighty. Yeah. Yeah. Nanum was a great man in his time. She was a young girl, the Bible says. He was an Armenian. She was an Israelite. He was a commander in high standards. She was a captive. He had fame. She was a servant. And we don't even know a name. Name is not even given. That's right. That's right. Almighty God uses people sometimes who is least expected to deliver his word and his messages. You don't always have to have a mighty title. You don't have to be a minister. You don't have to be a deacon. What you have to do is have a good heart. A heart that is pleasing to God. Yeah. 
That's what we need. That's what we need. Now, certainly we need ministers and deacons and ushers and all these, but you don't have to do that to please God well. Yes. And we're going to learn a little bit more about this little Israelite girls. Just think. I look out here, Chief Garberton, pleasure seeing you here. I look at his daughter, who possibly could be the same age that this Israelite girl was. You know, in today's society, nobody won't even listen to adults, much less a child. So if this young lady was to bring a message that was sent by God, would we listen to her? Would we listen to her? You know, before this world come to an end, there's no telling what kind of, what kind of problem we as a country, we as a nation, we as a people, we as Christian is going to face. I'm telling you, it's not going to get any better. We, I know that, and, and, and all readers of the Bible know that it's not going to get any better. And the word is, it's going to get worse. You know, it reminds me one time I heard a pastor say, Reverend Lord, back at uh, John Andrews Baptist Church, Reverend Lord, I remember this, and I was about 10 years old, so it's been over half a century. I remember one Sunday he says it reminds him of a spinning top. And when you spin it, it stays in place and goes in a circle. And it does what it's supposed to do. But when it comes to the end of his road, the spinning top goes all over the place. All over the place just before it stops. That's what the devil is doing today. He's all over this place. He's all over this place. People may not believe it. I hear people say that they don't believe there's a such thing as the devil. We know Jesus didn't deny that. When he was confronted by the devil, he didn't say, this is a figment of my imagination. Now, when he carried him to the mountaintop and showed him all the things, all the things, glory, and he didn't say, wait a minute, wait a minute, this can't be true. You, you, you don't have this, you don't exist. You can't offer these things to me. Why could he, how could he offer it to him if he was not in control of it? My Bible tells me that, that he's in control then, he's in control now. He doesn't care who he attacks. If he attacked the son of God, if he approached the son of God and tried to deceive him, saying bow down and just worship me. All these things I've given to you. Jesus told him, man can't do what? Man can't live on bread alone. He has to live on every word that's come from the mouth of God. That's how he survived. Oh, he could have destroyed the devil right then. If he decided to do so, could have easily have done so. But that would not have fulfilled his obligations. Yes. Some people say, well, if God really loved us, he was just going to get rid of the devil. If he did that, then we wouldn't have a choice. Because no devil, no trouble. No devil, no trouble. But I'm telling you, until he comes again and get rid of him, there's always going to be trouble. I'm telling you, it's always going to be trouble. And so, Nanum... Uh, led the Syrian army in quick penetration of the Israel borders. That's according to 1 Samuel 38. On his raids, Nadam 
even though he was not from the country of Israel or was not an Israelite, still had a good heart. He wasn't all bad. He wasn't all bad. Because if he was, what could he have done with the Israelite girl? He could have destroyed her or had her kill. Nanum had his own situations and said, her unto this mystery, would God, my Lord, were the prophet in Israel, for he would recover him of his leprosy. She's telling him, go and do what we tell you to do, and you'll be cured of this leprosy. Leprosy. Leprosy reminds me today, one of the most deadly cancer I can think of is pancreatic, a pancreatic cancer, a deadly disease, less than 5% survival rate. And those that get it generally be fortunate to make it 12 months. So it's almost like having a death wish on you. Nanum had this leprosy, couldn't get rid of it would do anything to get rid of it. And he was told by this Israelite girl, child, to go and seek Elijah. What did Nanum do? Nanum at first did exactly what the young ladies told him to do. He went to the house of Elijah. And we all know about Elijah, don't we? Yes, sir, yeah. Yeah. yes Elijah power. was a man of God of great power yes. because of his faithfulness. That's right. And we can remember reading too in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2 where there were 42 boys coming out, picking at him, uh -huh. telling Elijah to go up, you bald head. <laughs> to go up, you bald head. I thought about that when I knew my hair was going to be like this. <laughs> and Elijah turned around. He was on a mission of God. He turned around and said to the boys, he cursed them. They had no respect. They had no right. Very disobedient to the man and prophet of God. Make it short. The bears, two bears, come out the woods. She bears, as the Bible calls it, tells it, and destroyed them all. All because of their sinful, disrespectful behavior. Yes, yes. And today, he may not, we may not lose 42 by the she bears, but sometimes when I look at the TV, I see a great number being destroyed either in the movie theaters and the hotels and everywhere else. The only thing that really scares me a little bit more is that one of these large football games where there's 100,000 people there that they don't go in there and cause havoc in there. We do a good job of, of, of checking security there, but no security made by man is perfect. That's right. They do a good job, but nothing is perfect. And if it was to get in there, just imagine how many people, and a lot of them is God's people, could be killed or destroyed and maimed all over the devil's work. This spinning top is still spinning. 
It's wobbling though. It is wobbling. It's out of control. And it's going to come to a stop in a near future. I can't see how the almighty God is going to allow this earth to continue to go in the direction that it's going without intervening. You know, you, uh, I feel that when he says enough is enough, he'll bring it to a close. And if we're unfortunate enough to not be on the side that we need to be on, we could be cast off into the lake of fire, which means everlasting destruction. There will be no coming back. You won't get a second chance that if I just listened to mommy and daddy, if I'd have just listened a little bit more to my pastor, if I'd have just listened a little bit more and read my Bible a little bit more, I, I wouldn't be in this situation. If I would just humble myself, if I would just humble myself before the mighty man hands of God, if we just do that, it's going to be too late. You remember how that in the Bible days when Noah built his ark, it took some 100 years for Noah to get that ark completed. Yes, it did. And so therefore, when Noah was building an ark, people was jeering, picking, laughing, making fun. And over 100 years, you can figure, even five years, people think you're off your rocker. They said something must be wrong with him. Until the day that Noah got up and started moving, he was commanded by God to get so, uh, each, a set of each one and move them into the ark. When Noah went into the ark and all the animals and his family, the doors shut. The rain, the rain began to fall. People were knocking on the doors, trying to get in, kicking the doors, trying to break in. But guess what? Too late. Too late. Let us not be too late. I'm winding it down now. About 10 more minutes. I'm going to tell you about Nainam, what he finally did. Nainam went to the house of Elijah. Elijah did not go out to greet him. Remember now, Nainam is a powerful man, a captain. He expected to be greeted by Elijah. Nainam didn't get chance to see Elijah. And I'm paraphrasing it now. What did happen? One of the servants of Elijah went out and told him, said, Nainam, what you need to do is just go to this river and dip yourself in there seven times. Nainam got, as the young crowd say, he got ticked off. Why? He felt that uh, Elijah himself should have come out there and told him that. But we all know that many times in the Bible that God uses ambassadors, people to speak in behalf of someone else. Elijah knew exactly what he was doing. What different and what would it have hurt if Nainam had went to the river anyway and dipped seven times and he wasn't healed. He would not have been in any worse shape than he was when he got there. 
In other words, Nainam had everything to gain and nothing to lose. He should have listened. He knew where the word came from. He knew this word came from Elijah. So he knew Elijah was a prophet and that served the Lord and had performed miracles already. Because I'm sure that little Israelite girl had told him because she sent him there. So she knew it. But all Nadam had to do was just go and do what he was instructed to do. But because of our pride a lot of times, we won't go do what we ask we do. Nainam was a little bit too important to listen to a child. He didn't want to listen to her. And says, if he had only came out, that he would have done it automatically. But instead, word says in the Bible that it says the maid said, if he, if he had a gotten it from Elijah, he'd have done it automatically. But what difference does it make when God's word goes where it's supposed to go? Well, does it make any difference whether Reverend Horsley or any other pastor here delivered? As long as God's word gets out. As long as his word has success. Nainam was a good man. But he needed to be shown that the God of the Israelite is the most powerful. Well, Nadam finally came to his senses, went and did as he was instructed. He goes to this river and dips in there seven times. And guess what? He came out healed. Nadam is a lesson for all of us today. When we start thinking about doing things our way, we probably gonna mess it up. We need to sit and do it God's way. Do it God's way and it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Just do it God's way. Here's my last little subtopic. Now, the gentleman servant of Nainam, Gehazi, he goes out behind Nainam and says that the, uh, tells him that, the, uh, that Elijah wanted a certain gift. We know that prophets of God don't work for gifts. So uh, Elijah, when Gehazi goes and gets this, and he tells him what he needs, and he brings it, takes it for himself. And when he gets back to the house of Elijah, Elijah, through the Holy Spirit, wanted to know what had they done. He says that uh, when he came up, he says he, that he had gotten those items, the money. And Elijah says, uh, may the leprosy, just like the one that uh, the king, I mean the captain had, the captain named him, be upon you. And the Bible says immediately when he went out the house, he was white. And he's only said for him, but guess what the prophet also said? To your whole family, to all your descendants, we're born with leprosy. So, and as it were. So, church, what do we learn from this? What I learned from this is 
we have to be careful about picking and choosing what part of God's instruction that we're going to accept. I learned from this here today that we should accept all of God's instruction, his messengers. Because when we don't church, we fall short. We fall short. And we have a forgiving God. We really do. But remember what happened to the servant of Elijah. And remember now, this servant, no doubt, had done a lot of good things in behalf of Elijah Mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. Because he was his servant. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't Elijah, the prophet Elijah would not let him allow him to remain in that position. But because he stole, because he lied, and lied on God's prophet, he paid the penalty for the rest of his life. May that never happen to us. The instruction that comes to us, be it from the poor pit, be it from the deacon, the ushers, or even a little child, we should accept it. Don't reject it. Just like Jesus was in the temple when he called the children up and said, look at these. Telling us we should be just as humble as a child. That's right. That's right. You look around on your job today, church. Humbleness is almost a thing of the past. Haughtiness is a thing of the present. Puffed up with pride. Eager to slander. On your job, you can't hardly work for people cursing and telling dirty jokes. It's a shame, church, that we can't go to work eight hours on a job and do it in a Spirit in a place of cleanliness. What does it hurt to use clean language? I'm just trying to understand. You go to the mall. If you got your kids and grandkids, you got to stick their hand, your hand over their ears. They'll say and do anything, church, in the mall. My dad would not allow, he's 92 years old, still living, would not allow anyone's to even tell a joke, not even a dirty joke, but just a joke in the presence of women. That was a no-no. No-no. And you better not say anything that was unpleasant in the presence of his wife, my mother, or his mother in that case, because she used to get us too. Thank God for Miss Desi. She, She was a pillar in the community. Nowadays, church, you can't talk to other people's children. The teachers can't hardly talk to them, church. They go out there to jack them up, to jack the principals up. Now, they got a tough job. We need to pray for our schools. We pray that they don't carry any type of weapons in these schools. Because once you get one in there, just like they did in Connecticut, it can cause a lot of grief and and, and make it difficult and hurt a lot of people. And the devil smiles every time this happens. Church, I hope you learn a little something from Nainam. And I pray that you learn a little bit about the little servant girl. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a mighty important person or a person of high status to carry out God's word. That's right. hey. You can be six, eight, ten years old and still carry out God's word. Right. We ask that all of our children pick up the, the faith and carry forth God's word.
Without that, we're lost. One child lost is one child too many. And poor law enforcement nowadays got their hand full. They really do. Um, I won't be around 47, 48 more years. Uh, Chief Garfinton and them will be, be, be taking control of it. But I'm here to tell you, support people in your community. Support your church. This is, one of the, this is the best safe haven that we can be at. Now, if R. Kelly or Snoop Dogg was coming to uh, the Ronald Rapid Theater this morning, you wouldn't be able to get in because it would be sold out. But what we, nothing wrong with going to see them, but it's wrong if you can't give the master some time on Sunday morning. Most of the time, we're talking about an hour and a half to two hours. You still got 22 hours left in that day. Encourage my parents, if I didn't want to go to church, made us go. And I'm not going to say until you I want to go every Sunday. They made us go. You walked, if you go, you went to church if you got a, a whipping. And so we went to church every Sunday. We all walked together and come back together. And that's the best thing ever happened to me. Because without God, I am nothing. Amen. And with him, all things are possible. I want to thank you all, Reverend Horsley, for allowing me this opportunity to, to come here. Um, if I'm ever invited back again, I promise you that I will work even harder to bring forth the word of God. You know, even the apostles, the 12 apostles, because one of them fell out the wagon before, the, before Jesus died, but the 11 apostles that was left, they all had different abilities, had different abilities. So what I'm saying is stick with your church and your pastor. Because it ain't necessarily how well he can get up and talk. It's about what's coming from his heart. Amen. That's what counts with God. Amen. He's able to read people's heart. I can't read a man's heart or a woman's heart because I can only go most time by your action and what you say. But the Almighty has the advantage. He can read your heart. Thank you so very much and God bless you as you go to your residence.